All right. Well, now we got to talk about this godforsaken movie. Oh, my God. listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the vast and wide world of teen rom-coms that stream on the internet. Well, that stream via the internet on whatever viewing device you so choose uh, to enjoy these, oof, this range, this range of films. Uh, <laughs> my, name is Mar- my name is Martha Sullivan, and I am one of your co-hosts, young adult librarian and YA lit uh connoisseur and i am joined as always by my co-host i'm marin hagman uh adult services librarian and connoisseur of the rom-com uh and together we do our best to um explore and dissect and recommend or steer you away uh, from these choice, uh, choice teen film nuggets, um, the movie we have for you today is a movie called After. How, how are you, Marn? I feel like I have to check in with you before we, <laughs> before we get into <laughs> this movie. Oh boy. Yeah, I, so listeners, you should know, while watching this movie, I had to text Martha multiple times about the breaks that I needed to take, and then my husband came home for his lunch break, and I had to tell him about all the breaks I needed to take while watching this movie. Um, Uh, Yeah, so... Okay. After is a 2019 movie that I believe premiered on Netflix. I maybe believe so. Although I, it seems to have shown in some theaters based on oh. the Wikipedia page, but I'm very confused because I do think it is a Netflix thing. So But it is a, so first of all, it is a movie based on a novel of the same name by Anna Todd. Um, And I am going to preface this conversation. I want everybody who's listening to this to keep this fact in mind. This story started life on Wattpad as a One Direction real person fan fiction. The names were then changed so that Uh, Todd, the author, could publish it as a novel uh, and then translate it into a film. So let us all just keep those nuggets of information in mind. Uh, So after is the story of Tessa, who is a freshman in college, uh, moving into her dorm for the first time. Um, On her first day of school, she meets her roommate, Steph, uh, who is the coolest person in this movie. Um, and is also a lesbian, and her mother and boyfriend are immediately scandalized by all of these things. Um, she 
uh, on the first day of class, um, Tessa goes to take a shower and comes back to find a boy in her room. Uh, this boy is Harden, who is going to become her love interest through the rest of the movie. Um, and what follows is a truly despicable display of um, uh, I don't even know how to describe this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, Tessa, embar Tessa embarks on an odyssey where she and Harden have this kind of flirty thing going back and forth. They go to party. There's a game of truth or dare where she gets dared to kiss him and she won't do it because she has a boyfriend. Um, and then they have this whole very like, I can't stay away from you, but I you know, can't give in to you either. Um, her boyfriend comes to visit for the weekend and immediately clocks that there's something going on. They break up. It's whatever the boyfriend isn't likable enough for me to care uh she and harden start kind of seeing each other um they go to his dad's wedding together um they move he in is very together bad. they move in together i will admit that i fell asleep through a little bit in the middle of this and refused to go back and watch any of it so by the time i woke up they were at the wedding and then tessa had moved in with him and i was like okay girl you do you um, but then at some point, at some point, she finds out that he started pursuing her initially after that game of truth or dare, when he said that he would be able to make her fall in love with him. She gets rightfully upset. She walks away from him. We get a montage of the rest of her year at college. Um, and then the whole movie wraps up when her English teacher gives her an essay that he wrote, which is very dubious ethically to me. Oh, uh, yeah. No, at the end, that was like the, yeah. oh, by the end, I was like, no, FERPA, FERPA exists. It's like HIPAA, but for educational records. Like, you can't do yeah. that. So before we get into everything that they can't do, just... To put a button on the plot synopsis, um, she finds out that, oh my goodness, it was real all along. Uh, and then they end the movie sitting on a dock together, and it's a will-they-won't-they, they, except they totally will, because that's, I mean, this movie is a romance novel, and that demands a happily ever after for certain values of happy, because neither of these people are a person I would be happy dating or even spending a lot of time with. Um, I hated this movie. I hated this movie from top to bottom. I'm so mad about it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. So Yeah, so I have a very specific moment where I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to like this movie." Um and it was when Tessa is at the college party and she texts her boyfriend and his immediate reaction is to give her crap for drinking. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no one in this movie is likable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Literally no one. I think the one nice thing I can say is that, speaking of the texting, the, the actual, like, graphics they use to display the texting are actually quite nice. Um... And I felt very bad for the music supervisor and the cinematographer of this movie 
because they sure tried. And this movie features a very lovely cover of Complicated by Avril Lavigne that I enjoyed very much. That's about all the nice things I can say about this movie. This movie was a one hour and 45 minute lo-fi music video. Yeah. Yeah. Only with bad characterization. This is the problem that I had. Um, Harden, which by the way is a fake name. Like, I get that this is off-brand Harry Styles, but Harden is not a name that any human has ever been named in their life before. Yeah. Um, Harden is not likable. Oh, yeah. Like, he is... He... he, The actors who play our love interests are so completely... I don't know if it's that they are totally devoid of charm or if it's if they're just totally devoid of chemistry, but like seeing him on screen was work. Like I, I didn't, it, I didn't like it. Uh. Um, but no, going back to my original point really quickly, I'm curious to know if you had a moment in the movie that was like, Oh, the moment you knew that this was going to be a bad time. Oh, um, I had read the synopsis of the book before watching this, so I kind of went in eyes pretty wide open. Um, yeah. I I think the her coming out of the shower and asking him to leave because she would like to change. In her own room. In her own room and him refusing to. I think that was the the moment for me. That was very bad. That was very bad. <laughs> um, um, but yes. Yeah. Did not care for... And her relationship with her high school boyfriend, also completely devoid of chemistry. I did not blame Steph, her roommate, for thinking they were brother and sister because that was also what I thought. Until yes. he had a line that was like, now I have to drive home with your mom. And I was like, isn't she all your mom? Nope. Yeah. No, they definitely did not give off any sort of any sort of chemistry. And I I appreciated near the end they got to have a little reconciling moment. Um, just because then we got to, like, see him admit, like, oh, yeah, actually, we probably shouldn't be a relationship. We should be friends. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was like, well, why didn't we do that a half an hour ago? Why? Yeah, that was a nice moment. Yeah. Um, she behaved badly. He behaved badly. Like, yes. He, he has that truly awful moment where he's like I'm going to shame you for going to a party even though you get to decide what you want to do um, but then he comes to visit her and her reaction is while he is sleeping in her dorm room to run off and go make out with Harden and I was like girl get your house in order yeah. like if you want to do this fine but your current boyfriend is in your dorm room. Like, maybe take care of that first. <laughs> yeah. And it just, yeah. There were no winners here. There were no winners in the characters, in our viewing. There was just... No. There were no winners here. 
There uh, were no bars. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. The only likable... Okay, I revised my statement. The only likable character in this movie, and I will admit, I think her roommate is somewhat likable, but becomes less likable when you find out that she sat on this knowledge that Hardin was, you know, using a bet to pursue her. And True. Starting their relationship under false pretenses. Um, the only one I think who wins here is Hardin's stepbrother, who uh, becomes uh, Tessa's good friend, Landon. I think the only one where I was like, you know who I'm rooting for? I'm rooting for Landon. He seems to be and- the only kind person here. <laughs> well, and it may be because he had the least to do in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Also entirely possible. I agree. I thought he was inoffensive. Yeah. I wish wish that we had had the chance for him to have more of a relationship with Tessa. Because I feel like that would have gone a long way towards making her more likable. If I could have seen her interact more with someone who I liked. Yeah. Yeah, because we get the sense they have this, like, camaraderie that in their classes and they, you know, like, have some, um, have some good, like, friendship going. But, yeah, we don't really get to see it. I have a question for you. Yes. What do you think the title means? I think it's supposed to mean that... When you meet your one true love or whatever, everything gets divided into before and after. Because when she gives her little monologue in the opening sequence of the movie, my first thought was, oh, he dies. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> it really sounded like she was like, you know, and it, she has some line where it's like, and then after you, nothing is the same. And I was like, oh, after him, he's going to die. He has cancer or something. <laughs> this is a walk to remember situation. Only yes. way worse. I I was a little disappointed that he did not actually. Because <laughs> that would have at least been interesting. Um, yeah. Also, why was he British? Did he ever tell us? Did I sleep nope. through that part? Because his dad's not British. I think we are meant to assume his mom was British. Um, He only vaguely mentions his mom and the fact that his dad abused his mom. And so we were supposed to give him some sympathy for picking up these behavior patterns. Um, But yeah, that is our only clue as to why he is British. Okay. Okay. And I assume it also derives from the fact that this is a fictionalized version of Harry Styles. Oh, absolutely. I kind of want to know how Harry Styles feels about this. I I hope Harry Styles feels nothing about it because I hope no one has told him that this exists. Oh, no. I think he needs to know. I think he deserves to know. He's too busy making joyful joyful recordings with Lizzo. He has no time for this. That was excellent. Him in his little sweater vest. Good lord. Um, 
so yes um i have nothing against fan fiction i read a lot of it actually i think real person fan fiction is weird like it is one thing to tell a made-up story about made-up characters it feels very weird to me to tell made-up stories about real people yeah, that was certainly a never a part of the fan fiction realm I did or have. I shouldn't act like I don't still read fan fiction. I do. Um, yeah, that was certainly a part of the fan fiction realm I've never delved into. Um, I mean, there was always fiction press, but that was just for, you know, that was just for original writing. Like, I don't even, it came on Wattpad, was it? Yes. Okay. So Wattpad is a service that lets you, it, it's, has become a funnel service for like, for stuff like this that starts life as fan fiction that then they can then rebrand into original properties. Okay. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine who is much more tapped into just the whole world of fan fiction than I am. And apparently... Um, Wattpad has kind of made their name with One Direction real person fanfic that then gets rebranded and republished as original um, stories. Because I know I've seen some on Archive of Our Own, which is kind of where I got off the fanfiction train. Like, I feel like I saw a meme the other day that was like, you can date yourself by where you started reading fan fiction. Live journal, fanfiction.net, archive of our own, or Wattpad. And I was firmly in the fanfiction.net category. Yep. Um I Yeah, I did a I did a little bit of Harry Potter stuff on Live Journal, but most of it's been on fanfiction.net. Um, I, like I said, I read a lot of fanfic now. I read it on Archive of Our Own. I haven't really explored Wattpad, but as a YA librarian, I do see um, these published... I, I do see published authors that have, like, um, on the covers of their books, it says Wattpad Sensation. So oh. I'm definitely seeing... Um, some of these authors like translating into the real world um, or not the real world but like the hard copy world um, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the end of the episode but I have actually read some of this which in retrospect now knowing what I know about the, the Wattpad One Direction fanfic pipeline Definitely, this thing that I read also started life as real person One Direction fanfic. Um, we will get to that. All soon. right. <laughs> um, but no, let's let's return to this movie. Okay. Um. So at the end, I, I need you to explain something to me because I may not have been paying very close attention at this point. Um, Tessa goes home to have that one kind of nice scene with Noah, the ex-boyfriend. Uh, and then she and her mom have a scene, which is her mom played by Selma Blair, by the way, which Selma, what are you doing in this movie? Selma um, Blair deserves so much better than this movie. So much better. But so they have a scene, which is clearly supposed to be a reconciliation scene. 
Yes. Why was... Oh, was she apologizing to her mom because her mom got mad about her roommate? No, there was... Okay, you missed a, a big scene here. There was a big scene where her mom came to her dorm and found her with Harden and pulled all her financial support and that's why she had to move in with Harden. Oh, shoot. So, I... Yeah, so I I knew that I had slept through a chunk, and I don't know if it's disrespectful to this podcast or whatever, but I was so mad at this movie that I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to wa- go back and watch what I missed. I really thought that I had only missed, like, ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably did. It wasn't a very long scene. A lot of this movie is communicated via montage, Yes, I will say. Yeah, and what's Um, particularly nonsensical about that scene is, A, number one, that is not how college tuition works. Like... Correct. And especially not housing, maybe tuition. Like, tuition might work in terms of uh, month-to-month payments, but, like, room and board... No, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure tuition works on a, like, semester system. Like... A per semester. Yep. And so, also, A. I was just going to say, A. So her mom has already paid for all these things. So it's not as if she's going to get. I mean, even if they're trying to make us believe that she's trying to avoid taking out loans. Like, her mom has already paid for this. Or she couldn't be there. Like, that happens semesterly. B. She moves back in. After she and Hardin break up. So this place was clearly still around. Yeah, when I saw that she was living with Hardin, I was like, oh, she just moved there because then the sex was easier to access. Um, It is wild to me that her mother would cut her off just because she's dating or just because she discovers a guy she doesn't like. Although as I'm saying that out loud, I realize that that is a thing that happens in real life. So I retract that particular criticism. Yeah. Um, And her mom has this whole monologue about how she's like, not fulfilling the dream that her mom had for her life because her mom was living vicariously through her. Ooh, that's a common theme in these movies that we watch, you and I. Sure is. Yeah, I feel like this is the fourth or fifth variation on that theme. (laughs) So I will say this movie had some kind of bare minimum of diversity happening. I think it is fairly clear that her roommate is not white. Yes. Uh, Her roommate is also gay, which I thought was pretty cool. Although she seems to be gay mostly to give Tessa's mom something to be mad about. Um, And also, I could not help but think, also... So, you know in Fifty Shades how Anna sees... How, like, every single woman that crosses paths with Christian is like insanely attracted to him, which makes Anna hate every single woman in those books. Yes. I got the feeling that perhaps the roommate in this movie was gay so that because the author could not conceive of the roommate being straight and also 
um, not being in competition for Harden, who well, and- seems to be d- depicted as so beautiful that nobody can resist him. Although, mm, not my type, personally. Um, well, and the one other presumably heterosexual girl in their friend group is the one who throws down this challenge for Harden and, um... Yeah, she's with him initially, isn't she? Yes. Like, at the the party they go to? Yes. So... And, and it's not clear if Harden actively broke up with her or just was spending so much time with Tessa. Uh, the but that she that still got, thought they were dating. Yeah, the impression that I got was that he did not break up with her because everybody knew that, like, oh, he's just stringing Tessa along and at some point he will break her heart and return to the status quo so they're both being terrible people to their significant others like molly the girl treats tessa very badly but i also don't blame her because her boyfriend is openly cheating on her yeah there were no likable characters in this movie no no one won here no one won. No. Maybe Landon, if we had more time with him. Yes. This also, this movie also leans very, very heavily on the I'm not like other girls. I like to read classic literature trope, which I'm done with. I don't know about you. I'm so tired of it. I don't care if you've read Jane Eyre. I've read Jane Eyre. Everyone's read Jane Eyre. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just always a big red flag to me, too, in any type of romance novel romance movie when such a point is made of i'm not like other girls right because then (laughs) what are you saying about other girls right and also the fact that the the hero is like well i'm attracted to you because you're not like other women well that tells us that he views other women like shit so That's a big old red flag right there. Yes, that is correct. Um, Also, the you can't be with me because I'm too broken. Oh, but I shall heal you with the power of my love. Um, Don't care for that. Um, I I happen to think that if someone tells you I'm not good for you, you should stay away from me. All right. (laughs) Yep. When people show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Yes, we shouldn't have to rely on a teacher breaking all the rules to give me your final English essay in order for me to truly understand how you feel about me. Oh, and I looked it up, by the way. There was even a lawsuit about whether students could grade grade each other's work, like, as a assignment because of FERPA laws. Like, it is a huge no-no to give students other students work without their permission yeah so listener the scene we're referring to at the very end of the movie well actually before that in this english class we see we have seen tessa and harden argue over like the validity of romantic relationships in works of english literature um and then his final essay 
on the last day of class, their teacher gives to Tessa because she says, I have a feeling that he wrote this more for you than me. And it turns out to be a whole confession of like, you're the only one I've ever loved. And you made me believe that love was real. Um, but all I could think was if he wanted you to read that, he would have given it to you, not relied on some bizarre interpretation from your English teacher to get it to you. What is happening in the world right now? Yep. Also, I bet Tessa is a person that thinks Wuthering Heights is a love story. Yeah. Yeah, and I, they had some line in there about Wuthering Heights that I was just like, oh, God. Leave Emily Bronte alone. Everyone should leave Emily <laughs> Bronte alone. Like, because first of all, I don't know. I don't love Wuthering Heights. But, um, yeah. No, like, it's no just one's you have to read it. You have to read it as an abusive gothic horror story. Like, it's yeah. not a love story. And because nobody reads the second half, which actually features a very right. nice love story about a nice boy helping a girl get out of an abusive situation. Like, Harriton and Kathy Linton forever. Um, yeah. They never, they don't read that part. <laughs> No, it's all about Heathcliff, who is a creepy goblin man. Yeah. Um, Which the book admits, like, it's all a frame story about how terrible Heathcliff is. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Sure um, but yeah, it's it's not great. I, I never had any grasp on how time was passing in this movie. I was like, has it been 10 minutes? Has it been three months? I don't know. I don't know when in space time we are. Um, and it doesn't help that I believe, based on, like, one sign I saw, that it's supposed to be set in Atlanta, so, like, they have no seasons. That helps. I was assuming that it was set in California, because 90% of these movies are set in California. Um, I missed that sign that it was set in Atlanta, but I missed a lot because I didn't care. Um, That's fair. That's a fair at a certain, Yeah, at a certain point, I started to get resentful over this movie, even though I was the one that suggested it, that we do it for this podcast. Um, because it was so bad. Um, and I have no one to blame but myself for this well, if um, we can if we can turn one person away from watching this movie, it will not have been yes. in vain. Yes, don't do it. We're going to skip right to the part where we tell you whether or not you should watch the movie. Don't watch this movie. Don't watch this movie. Okay, Marin, we have discussed the myriad of flaws in this movie. How can it be fixed? How do we rom-com rehab this movie? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, we can't. So let's strip it down to component parts first. Because at at the at its bones, we have a movie that is about a girl who goes to college and is, you know, her kind of vision of what her life is going to be gets upset by being attracted to this boy who's a little bit dangerous a little bit of an outsider and then she has to make some choices about what direction she wants her life to go in 
fine. Okay. I will even take the truth or dare twist. Like, that is an acceptable dramatic turn that she has to get over, and the, like, pretend relationship to real relationship is a time-honored trope in the world of romance. Fine. True. The parts that need to go. I think her roommate can't know about it. No. Because Tessa needs an ally and I need someone else to like in this whole situation. So I, I think the first thing, the first change I make is that Steph, Steph doesn't know about it. Yeah. I think that's a good change. How do we deal with the high school boyfriend? Because there's a lot happening there and none of it's good. I think that we need to either A, have them, like either A, A, oh, we've realized we're not attracted to each other like a boyfriend and girlfriend should be conversations like maybe she like in her horniness over Harden like tries to go make out with Noah and then they just have a oh no and then they have a like mutual oh yeah this isn't gonna work I think I will have her break up with him as soon as he starts trying to police her behavior at the party yeah. I I wanted her to be more mad about that. And then maybe he can call her the next day and be tearful and apologetic and she can just be like, you know what? I am distracted by this beautiful boy over here and I don't think that you support me in... Like, I think we're growing in different directions. Like, that is how early I would have that conversation because I really feel that in order to be behind her and Harden's relationship in a way that I am just not right now, uh, we have to get rid of her, the, the cheating on her boyfriend aspect. That can't be part of it. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I just wanted them to have, like, a, a moment. I mean, like, they did much later in the film than I think we needed to, but just a moment of, like, oh, yeah, this is not... This is not I a romantic that, relationship. Yeah, and I think that we can keep that. Like, I, I think I would still keep her going home because that also feels very real. The, I have to go home and reorient myself and, like, find my grounding because I feel adrift. And they can still have that conversation. I would keep that conversation. Yeah. I would make his dad British. Yeah. So I could stop being confused about that. I would make there be more Landon. Yes. I would cut at least half of the montage sequences. There were too many. Yeah. Eh, no, that's actually, that's not fair. That's a pretty, that's a pretty common storytelling device in these kinds of movies. Um, but yeah, I think it would help me a lot if... If we had more people that Tessa interacted with that could kind of give me an indication that I could like Tessa or that I should like Tessa and these are her likable qualities. And if we get rid of the high school boyfriend much earlier, I think that would solve a lot of my problems. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Because it changes the dynamic a little bit. 
I feel like you have more you have more that you would chuck. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I would have the Truth or Dare reveal come much earlier. I would have much more groveling. I would have him do nice things for her, like help her figure out her rooming situation. That did not involve, oh, this is a convenient way for me to get sex. Yep. Oh, I think the one condition under which her roommate could know about the truth or dare thing is if her roommate's like, I didn't tell you because I was mad at you because you just moved out of our dorm room and I thought we were friends. Oh, yeah. I can see that as a plausible explanation. But there would have to be a reason. Or, I mean, I guess she could try the, I thought Hardin was so in love with you that he wouldn't go through with it and I didn't want to hurt you. Yeah. When thinking about how to rehab this movie, I think I'm most solidly coming down on watch anything else. Yeah. Watch a different movie. Yeah, don't watch this movie. Martha, what should people nope. in, in <laughs> spend their time ingesting instead? Absolutely. So, as I said earlier, um, I have been witness to the One Direction fanfic becomes original fiction um, to a much better effect. Um, the book that I'm recommending to you is called Paper Hearts by Ali Novak. Um, and it is a very cute little rom-com about a girl who sort of accidentally a girl who is working for a not-for-profit and at one of their fundraisers accidentally runs into the lead singer of a hugely popular boy band. Um, and she thinks it's sort of a one-off, but they kind of, this is taking place in Los Angeles. So they kind of keep running into each other and it's very cute and everyone involved is very charming. Um, they end up taking a little road trip so she can go, uh, have like, have something play out with her sister. Um, and one of the things that I liked about this book is that it is just as much about Felicity, the main character, her relationship with her sister as it is about her relationship her growing relationship with this um, pop star. Um, another strength that Paper Hearts has over after is that the other band members who are also thinly veiled um, analogs to the other members of One Direction all have personalities and like get to be part of the story in a more interesting way and I actually kind of got to know who they were. Um, which is not true in After. We just have a bunch of characters whose names start with the same letters as uh, the boys in One Direction. So that was a an enjoyable change. Um, but yeah, go read uh, Paper Hearts by Ali Novak. Excellent. I I will. That sounds like a lovely book. It's uh, cute, and it'll take you about, it'll take you about three hours. It's real quick read. Well, I'm going to recommend actually something that sounds very similar, um, and that is Idol by Kristen Callahan. Um, and it is about a girl who gets woken up in the middle of the night by a drunk guy on her lawn. Um, and she comes to find out that he is both going to be her new neighbor, um, and he is also basically like Adam Levine. He's like a recognizable 
rock star the world round, um, although she does not know that because he has been in hiding. Um, and she doesn't have, like, a... I don't know if she doesn't have a smartphone, but she, like, doesn't look up musicians or whatever, so she doesn't know what he looks like. Um, anyway, so... Um, yeah, this rock star who was on a, a break, um, while dealing with, um, some, some trauma, um, and this girl who is hardcore dealing with some trauma, um, kind of meet each other and start becoming friends, um, and then start falling in love, um, and, yeah, it's a very lovely, funny, um, kind of awkward first encounter to friends, to lovers. Um, and, yeah, Idol by Kristen Callahan. Wonderful. Friends to Lovers is in my top five favorite rom-com tropes. Along with Along with fake relationship becomes real, um... And uh, just straight up enemies to lovers, which I don't believe in in real life, but do enjoy <laughs> as a plot device in fiction. I feel like that's one where I can go for it if it's done very well, uh, but oftentimes it can be done not very well. So then I get disappointed because I enjoy it when it's done done well. Fair. <laughs> Oh, Maren, we did it. We did it. We got through this. And we, we got have we have something to look forward to much more next time because Netflix is being kind to us and dropping the sequel to All the Boys I've Loved Before um, in a matter of weeks. So we will be discussing that next time and be much happier. Yes, on our next episode we will be discussing P.S. I Still Love You um, Part 2 of To All the Boys I've Loved Before starring the inimitable Lana Condor and Noah Centineo I love them, I'm very excited Same In the, in the meantime, while you are waiting for that episode check out my other podcast which updates on the same feed as this one on alternating Wednesdays, that would be Did You Do Your Homework, which I host in conjunction with Marin's husband, Pete. Uh, you can find me elsewhere on the internet at Magical Martha. You can find the show's comings and goings um, at DYDYH Podcast. Uh, and you can read the newsletter that I publish whenever I feel like it, which is tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. Marin, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced, um, where particularly lately I have been tweeting a lot about romance novels um, and just generally tweet a lot about romance novels and maps and the state of Minnesota. It's so peaceful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... Sometimes when I want to relax, and I, this is going to sound like a joke, and I mean it completely seriously, I do just think about Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you, Maren, for suffering through this with me. Thank I you, could Martha. Not we did it. Edit back, 
I could not, and in fact, would not have done this without you. So, <laughs> again, if we can well. steer one person away from this movie, it will not have Correct. been in vain. Correct. Um, thank you all for listening. We will see you in two weeks, and until then, remember that we love you. Now Ooh. I will never, now I can, I can stop thinking about this movie forever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>